0: On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here is our host, Joyce Buford.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind, where we're talking about what would your life look like if you need to start again, or what don't you like about your life today? And by making a few changes, by getting in in connection with your genius, how could you create the the life that you really want to live? Well, it's always exciting to look at those things. It's scary to look at those things. But at the same time, it's so rewarding when you are actually living the life that uses your unique talents. So, you know, as I looked out the window this morning, it's really foggy in Texas this morning, and it reminded me of how we look out and see our life sometime. It's really foggy; we can't try get it clear what we want to do, where we want to go, and life has presented us with a challenge that says it's time to change. So how are we going to move forward? Well, it's about revisiting what you really love to do. As a little girl, you came into this world knowing those things. And as you grew, they got fuzzier. It got foggier. And so this program is all about getting clear. And I love to get clear by offering you options. And so that's why this radio show was created. I want you to know about all the fascinating people out there that have created fabulous, exciting experiences and lives through change and moving on into a brighter day. So I start today it's a it's always a pleasure to speak with this lady and we have spoken with her before but she was so fabulous and I really wanted to bring her back. You know she's very unique. Now her name is Sherry Truller, Truller, and we met quite I we met in the auction world. For many years before going into coaching in my second or third career, I was a full-time volunteer. I loved the work because I felt as if I were giving to my community, to the nonprofit I was working with. It was really very self-fulfilling. But at the same time, it was challenging, and one of the areas was, of course, raising money. Now our local symphony here in Tyler would do an auction a ball every year and we would raise money. Now in Texas we also have a state organization that supports the efforts of small symphonies raising money for nonprofit for their nonprofit. So this lady was invited as a guest speaker to the event that was held in Tyler. I think it was like 2 years ago. Sherry was fabulous. Not only was her subject fabulous because we're also hungry on how to have a successful financially successful fundraiser, but she's a very um Empowered woman in that you know what comes out of her mouth is full, is right on. So I immediately was drawn to Sherry and her message. And I want to tell you a little bit about this woman. Sherry was raised in Kansas. And today she is a successful, sought-after auctioneer. Now how did she get from Kansas to Washington DC, where she flies all over the United States doing auctions and guiding nonprofits in hell to accomplish their goal, which is to raise money for whatever event they have. Well, her path is so diverse, I have to share it with you. She moved from where she in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, was selling specialty cement now how do you get there sherry from there she moved into the modeling in the fashion world and became a model in europe and and in the united states of course but she had seven years of modeling plus size clothes which is fabulous now Do you not agree that's getting a little diverse? And then she went in from there. She went into auctioning. All right, Sherry. Now, you have to explain this to us because I just think you're fabulous. And how do you go to all those different careers? So
2: welcome. Yeah, clearly I can't keep a job.
1: (laughs) No, you're just so good.
2: <laughs> um you know though I want to I want to just say thank you so much for having me back today and I I want, one thing I want to say here too uh, that uh, that really goes back to the importance of what you're doing in your work with this this radio program because as you're sitting there describing my experiences, and, and they are a bit off the beaten path, I'll, I'll agree. Uh, but as I'm listening to that, I think about the, the scariest one was really going into that modeling because that was so different than anything else. I mean, I'd done business up to that. So even going into auctions was kind of like going back into the business world, which I understood. But I remember being down in Florida and not having a job, not knowing how to do modeling, not knowing how, where my next job, how I was going to get a job, because you're entirely really uh, relying on your modeling agency. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's that self talk that you got to give yourself to believe in yourself in order to get, uh, to, to, allow it to happen and so often i think that, you know it, it, sometimes the people closest to you are not your biggest supporters <laughs> so oh, right. when you're making those big changes <laughs> So I remember sitting there like I'd be, you know, telling myself, well, you know what, Sherry, all it takes is one phone call. You know, all of this is going to work out for me. This has been something I've been wanting to try for a while. Other people have stood right where I'm standing, and it worked out for them, and we'll just see what happens and what's the worst thing that could happen. And, you know, all of this self-talk that you've got to do. And it reminds me a little bit of being an auctioneer nowadays, where just on on Saturday I was in Tulsa doing an event there, and one of the things I said to a couple who clearly – the, um, the woman wanted to buy it. The gentleman was holding off. And I, I turned to the woman and, I, and then more or less to the general crowd and said, you know, ladies and gentlemen, at an auction, sometimes the person that you brought is not your biggest fan. They do not <laughs> want you to have the item that you want, but that's okay. You can buy it anyway. And that's what I think of here It kind of tying these two together is that sometimes what you're pursuing in your dreams you, – Other people just can't see it for you, even though inside it is. So I appreciate the work that you're doing to inspire others.
1: It's so true.
2: Well, I remember
1: you were in Florida, and you were needing a job. And that's where so many of us Mm -hmm. get to, where we're up against the wall, we need a job, and then you see this job advertised, and you go, can I do it? Because, you know, women are really, really experts of judging ourselves. And we always, you know, mm. when we look in the mirror, we always pick the wrinkle. We don't pick the beautiful smile. We always say, oh, mm-hmm. look at that wrinkle. So I, I can sort of relate to the um, the soul searching that must have gone on during that experience just Walking to the uh, interview, or driving to the interview, probably. But Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, what would be something that you would tell a woman that was out there listening that needs to have the faith that they can move forward in a situation like that?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Well... Uh, I I think a lot of that is the preparation of your mind before mm-hmm. you go to the interview or mm-hmm. before you take the next step mm-hmm. and the w- whether that is for some people that might be meditation that might be ver- I verbalize a lot so for mm-hmm. me it's a lot of just things that I just said is, you know, this isn't, this isn't that big of a deal, and I don't want to <laughs> die without having tried some of these things. Um, mm-hmm. Other people, it might be prayer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's, 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 for me, it's a lot about writing and speaking to myself, uh, which mm-hmm. might make others around me think that I'm crazy because I'm talking to myself. But for me, it's a matter of hearing it and providing that uh, that self talk and and even yeah. oh, you know another great thing for me personally is reading about other people that have done yes. amazing things, right.
1: yeah, so
2: right. kind of yeah. hearing that going, well, you know they they had a tough time of it, like Rodney Dangerfield, I heard something the other day that Rodney Dangerfield was sixty years old before he really got into to comedic acting, you know really to be able to be a stand up comic, yeah. yeah, and I love hearing stories like that, I know Louisa Hay was. Um, well beyond that when she published Mm -hmm. her first book. Mm -hmm. So when I hear things like that, then I also think, well, I'm not too old to try things. I can do things. And not Mm -hmm. that I'm that age, but just knowing that there's people out there that are trying things that in our society might not be deemed as acceptable because of their age or where they were. Those are Mm -hmm. wonderful stories and inspirational points.
1: When you say you're talking to yourself, are you using affirmations?
2: Well, it's Affirmation. Yeah, I guess so. It's more. It's more of that trying to make it less. Uh, I, I. I. It's easy for me in my mind to start to build things up to be a huge problem that are not problems. So right. it's better for me to take the approach of of making it less uh, less specific. So mm-hmm. instead of me sitting mm-hmm. there thinking about how am I going to pay my mortgage and, and right. ramping down that path, instead going down the path of You know what? There's there's a thousand ways. Okay. We're going to break.
1: Sorry. Going to break. We'll be back to finish this interesting conversation.
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
3: Hey, kids. Do you think you're creative? Do you want to be? Don't have enough time for your arts, crafts, and hobbies? Or do you just need a kick in the pants? Hi, I'm Mark Lipinski, the host of Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski right here on Toginet Radio. Come on and join me every Wednesday afternoon for some creative inspiration and two of the fastest fun-filled hours of your week. Hey, need ideas? How about a little motivation and a lot of inspiration? Join the fun on Creative Mojo with me, Mark Lipinski. I'm here live every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific right here on toginet.com. Now what are you waiting for?
4: Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas and inspirations her guests include quilt pattern designers authors quilt shop owners and our editors all quilters just like you call in with your questions get quilting tips from industry experts learn about free patterns hear behind the scenes stories from our magazines american patchwork and quilting quilt sampler and quilts and more get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything.
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second World. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: We are visiting today with Sherry Truller. And Sherry is an auctioneer, which is just fascinating to me. I don't know how many women auctioneers, but I'd say we're not in the majority. But she is a writer and has written a book that we'll be talking about. But she travels the United States doing auctions for organizations that are raising money for nonprofits or whatever their event is. I would say most of them are for nonprofits, but her articles have appeared in town and country, uh, Northern Virginia magazine, the Western post magazine. So anyway, she's a very busy lady and I feel thrilled that she's on our radio show today. So she can share some of her wisdom. Now, Sherry, you are celebrating, uh, 10-year anniversary of your business this year.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yes, I am. (laughs) Isn't that exciting? I mean, it is very exciting.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And it's hard to imagine that uh, I I didn't expect all of that coming. You know, it was something that uh, I just got into it because I was having fun and I could see a lot of different ways to grow it. But thinking that far down the path, it hadn't been part of the plan.
1: Yeah. Well, now, we, we visited that you were in the modeling industry, and that took you, you know, all over the United States plus Europe. And why mm-hmm. did you switch out of that into auctioning?
2: Oh, the well, modeling is very age-sensitive, as yes. you can appreciate. I mean, yes, and I would say. I had I Mm -hmm. had gotten into that when I was old. I I was 36 when I first started modeling and Mm -hmm. so many of the girls that I was modeling with, or ladies, women, uh, were, you know, about 10 years younger than I. The plus-size modeling world will have younger, will have older people in it than necessarily your high fashion straight size Mm -hmm. modeling, which are the thin girls. Mm -hmm. So at 36 I was getting into this and I knew that that's part of the reason why I was so um, – I had this desire to try it is because I knew that at some point it, it wouldn't be able to happen that easily. Yeah. So I was kind of pushing myself. So when I when I got into it, it wasn't that unusual that, you know, seven years later – in fact, the fact that I was even doing it for seven years is kind yeah. of remarkable. So right. the fact that uh, I then aged out and kind of went into and, – and that's what it happened. She just calls you up and – I don't know how it works with other girls, but you know she calls up and says, "Well, we're not getting as much, as many phone calls on you anymore, and I've got other girls that I want to try on my board." And you know, certainly, if anybody calls, I'd be happy to, you know, give you a call uh, and get you back in there. But you know, yeah. right now, no, nothing's coming, so yeah, that's right. no big deal. Another right. door opens, and I started to focus more on the auctions at that point.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, now, what even brought the auctions into your mind? I mean. That is not not ordinarily an industry that I have seen many women in. I must admit I did fly once next and sat next to a woman auctioneer, uh, so I certainly knew they were out there. but uh, how were you drawn to the auction industry?
2: It, I have always been interested in many different types of things so. Mm-hmm. I had, for instance, gone to bartending school just on a whim. I thought it would be fun. Uh, I had gone to exotic animal training and worked with grizzly bears and elephants and so (laughs) forth because I thought it would be fun. And in this Mm -hmm. case, I thought it would be fun to learn how to do the chant, which is the fast talk that auctioneers are known for. And so I went to Google, and I did a search, and lo and behold, there are such a thing as auction schools. And so I thought, great, I'll take a week of vacation from – at that time, I was working at General Electric, so I'll take a week of vacation from GE. I'll go to auction school, and have a vacation. Yeah. And so when I went there, I had been exposed to many different types of auctions. Uh, now I didn't immediately go into that path. I ended up going into the modeling path, but that was oh, still okay. back there and in the back of my mind, and you know, kind of doing mm-hmm. it part time and learning along the way. So that's really how the the progression happened. Was just out of curiosity, let's see if I can learn to talk fast. <laughs> and <laughs> that's uh, that's what led down the path. It was always uh-huh. a it's never a straight line, is it, Joyce? It's no, always kind never. of never no rambling a ma- path. Right. And then Mother
1: Nature says, Oh, I'm gonna pull her back on this one. I think she needs to be there. And so you pick up where you left off. So mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the So when you decided to go, the modeling career ended, and you decided to go into auctioning full-time, did you always go into, is there auctioning fields that you specialize in? Or like this woman that I remember visiting with, she was in the car auctions, which I thought, well, yeah, I, I was familiar with those. But I would not, how did you End up being in what the event auctioning silent auctions nonprofit, yes.
2: right? Because it, and that is my focus. I think mm-hmm. that it, it, it's like any other industry or many other industries, whereby you might think of a lawyer who specializes, and they might be an in intellectual property law, yeah. law or yeah. commercial law, or real estate law. Or a medical doctor who specializes, uh, in, in pediatrics or radiology. And even within that, there are subspecialties within each one of those. Well, the same is sort of true in the auction world, at least with regards to the more metropolitan the area, the more common it is to see specialties. So in, in the auction world, there are auctioneers who are in the automotive industry, you've got livestock auctioneers, yes. you've got real estate, and even within real estate, there's some that specialize in commercial real estate. Uh, so oh. benefit auctions, fundraising auctions is one of those specialties. And we all have 24 hours in a day. So mm-hmm. if you're going to get really good on something, you've got to Figure out where you're going to spend your time. For right. me, I was working at GE doing event planning. So because uh, I was doing events already there, I kind yeah. of naturally understood how that all came together. So right. it was a natural progression for me. And to mm-hmm. be honest, uh, I am. The the chance will vary based on the type of auctioning that you're doing. So the a, a female auctioneer in the automotive industry is exceptionally rare. A female auctioneer in the real estate is not Mm -hmm. as as rare or benefits for that matter. Mm -hmm. So although in the overall look of auctioneers, maybe 10% of them are women and it's growing, but Mm -hmm. 10% will say within that 10%, you can almost guarantee that most of them are going to be in real estate and benefits and fewer of them will be in, say, livestock and automotive Yeah, just by the – nature of it where it is right now. Mm -hmm. But I have no interest in going into those others right now, but I could. And if I did, I think commercial real estate is where I'd head because I think there's a lot of opportunity there and um, lots to learn, and it would be a bit – I think it would be fun. But where I am right now and what's keeping me busy is in the fundraising. Mm -hmm. And so I've got – usually I'm working with about 50 – last year I think it was 52 – clients – in an on-site capacity around the United States, uh, whether that's a school raising money for their um, through their PTA or or Home school association or a nonprofit who's raising money for their specific causes.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, are there many women auctioneers in the industry that you're in, in the area that you're in?
2: For benefits, there's uh-huh. more than there's more than um, say in the livestock. Absolutely,
1: right, right. absolutely. Yeah.
2: So, I, I mean, if, as I think about it, there's more coming in all the time, all the time, mm-hmm. because there is it is one of those areas that I think people are interested in pursuing, and for mm-hmm. whatever reason, um, they they don't they aren't they don't take it to the next level. So they right. may go to auction school. Uh, but mm-hmm. then they've invested a couple of thousand dollars in that. Uh, but then it's harder to sometimes <clears throat> run a business than it is yes. to, to do the work that you are paid to do. Right. <clears throat> and many auctioneers are working on their own. So it's not just a matter I know Mm -hmm. this as a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. There's kind of three parts that go into making a a business work. Number one is doing the work that you know how to do. So it may be for you coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it's the auctions, like getting up in front of someone and doing that. But that other third of the the pie is really running the business. It's understanding finances. It's understanding accounting. It's knowing how to fix your computer when it breaks. It's Mm -hmm. knowing how to make marketing Mm -hmm. decisions. It's the business. And then Mm -hmm. that third piece of the pie is really – the magic that you bring to it. What's the special mm-hmm. aspect that makes your coaching unique, or my auctioneering right. unique? Um, what's my magic? And so, uh, I think a lot of people, uh, oftentimes, and not just in auctions, but in many cases, may go into an area and be good in that area, but they don't know how to run a business. They can't yes. figure out how to differentiate themselves, and it mm-hmm. it falls apart from there. Honestly, that's my yeah. that's my thumbnail analysis well, of why uh, people um, don't always go into it. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: Um, You know, we always know of the person that's in the antique business. That's my example here, who does auctions in his business all the time. But he's also used in other, for instance, he, when I was working with the Children's Museum, he came in and did the auctions Mm -hmm. there. So it's sort of like a side business. It's not the primary business, where you are certainly... For a nonprofit that's needing an auctioneer, you do pre-work helping them set up how to select items, what would be good items. Going to your website was such fun because it's so full, packed full of good suggestions for how to create a good auction, how to pull off a good auction, And then you also offer to come and do the auction. So there's a lot of different phases to producing a successful auction. And once we realize and move from the nonprofit to just a, oh, this is just part of the benefit, and realize it can be a very profitable part of the benefit if it's run well.
2: Joyce, case in point, my client this past weekend had forty thousand. I think it's forty. Forty. It's pretty close to that. Forty thousand dollars more in sponsorship.
1: Sherry, I'm going to stop you here so we can come back and get into the beginning of this story. So we are going to go to our break, and when we come back, Sherry's going to tell us the story of just experience she just experienced this past weekend. So we will be back shortly to talk with Sherry. Truller and her awesome
0: career of auctioning. Transformational coach, motivational speaker and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
3: If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Tokenet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla
0: Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2 1 p.m. Central on TogiNet.com. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wave. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now, here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: We are talking today with Sherry Truler, and she is an award winning auctioneer, woman auctioneer. And I met her through uh, the Tasso. Uh, Texas Association Symphony Orchestras meeting that was here two years ago in Tyler, Texas. Now she goes all over the United States doing this this work of working with nonprofits or for profits and helping them set up an important part of fundraising in their organization. So, Sherry, tell us that you were getting ready to give us an, a, an example of an event that you helped.
2: Exactly. You had mentioned that there was an auctioneer in your community who does estates and who sometimes mm-hmm. will help with nonprofits. Yes. And I think therein lies the difference with some, um, well, every auctioneer is a person and all people mm-hmm. are different. So I'll okay. generalized here as I'm saying okay. this. But a a benefit auctioneer has more information and details about how to run a proper benefit. So the example I was giving is that if you're working with a, a good benefit auctioneer, Really, you should have made your money before the auctioneer worked in that night. It's not just about the on stage performance. It's about mm-hmm. what you're getting in advance of that to understand how to create a better, more profitable benefit auction. So case in point, the example that I was giving is when they were walking in on, on Saturday night to their event, mm-hmm. they had more money in the bank than they'd ever had before walking into the event that night through sponsorships, advertising. They put a special focus on sponsorships this year. We redrafted her entire sponsorship letter and what she Mm -hmm. should be, how she should target people and what she should be giving them so that they're interested in aligning with the school. Um, So those are examples of ways that that auctioneer can or should be working with you to teach Mm -hmm. you how to be smarter about your event. And it's Mm -hmm. only fair that that person should do that Because you as a volunteer are working on an auction once a year. It's very hard to get good at anything when you're doing it once a year. But Mm -hmm. if you've got someone who's doing 50 events a year, that person has some knowledge that they can bring to bear upon your situation and say, look, you know, auctions are about psychology. If you do this, the crowd's going to do this. And it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. whether you're up in Oregon or down in Texas or in Minnesota Mm -hmm. or Florida or New Hampshire. This is kind of how it flows. Right. So that's, that's the, the big part that I bring mm-hmm. to a client is my, my check is – and I, the, I've had clients say this before. You were worth your money before you came, and mm-hmm. that's because of what I'm teaching and how to pull that event together. That's just going to be a lot easier for them to make money uh, than to try and do it their own way and you know throw a dart at the board and hope that it works.
1: Well, I cer I can remember the days where we did the underwriting for the event and had you know some success there. But you're right, the psychology about how these items that we have chosen, if they're gonna be good, if the audience is willing to pay for them, is so important to know and just think if you already knew that before you came in. That would be just an, a beautiful place to be standing <laughs> when you have such an important night for your organization.
2: Um, it, true. And let yeah. me let me just add to that a little bit, too. The psychology is sometimes it's easier for people to understand the psychology in the actual auction environment, meaning from the standpoint of um, they, they – May from a gut level understand that women tend to be bigger shoppers in the silent auction and that men tend to be more, uh, b- bigger shoppers and more active in the live auction. Mm-hmm. Um, that piece of it, you know, starts to, to settle in. But mm-hmm. even with regards to, and I'll go back to this example of sponsorships and the way that we respond to people and get, ask them to give money or to have them donate money. In, in sponsorships, the big issue for a lot of nonprofits is they go in with this attitude of, we're a charity, you're, you should feel good about giving us money. And what mm-hmm. I educate my clients on is, look, you're approaching a business. And sure, there's some businesses that are going to f- align with you for whatever reason. Maybe they're just yeah. extra charitable. Maybe mm-hmm. they had a heart disease and or their parents had heart disease and, and you're a heart organization. So they align with you naturally. But mm-hmm. many businesses that you approach, they go in uh, with, with an attitude of, you know, being charitable. And you need to approach from the standpoint of what can we do for that business? We've mm. got, you know, 500 people mm-hmm. in this crowd tonight. What mm-hmm. is it that this business needs and how can we, with our 500 people make there a connection between that business and our crowd? And so mm-hmm. I teach my clients to, have you heard the WIIFM analogy before Joyce? No. WIIFM? No. Well, the idea is that any small business owner when they go into well or big business owner but when they go into work in the morning we all dial into the same radio station it's all mm-hmm. dialing into WIIFM and it stands for what's in it for me mm-hmm. what's in it for me <laughs> so when you're approaching a business owner you need to say what's in it for them well, not another. why they should give you money, but what can you do for them? And believe mm-hmm. it or not, there's many things that a nonprofit can do for those small business owners to get business in the door. And once you start changing your letter and changing your approach to do that, suddenly the money starts to come.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, in writing that letter, is that the letter for – is that a separate benefit letter to the auction or is it to the event?
2: Did I? Oh, that's a good, well, right, right. Great question. And I think here, let me just uh, back up by putting some context around this. It's my belief, having done hundreds of these and worked with thousands online, is Mm -hmm. that whether you're doing a golf tournament auction or a sit-down dinner auction or a fashion show auction, there are three components that make that event a success. Number Mm -hmm. one is items. Number two is the audience. And Mm -hmm. number three is the operations, meaning, uh, you know, your registration, your checkout, your marketing, Mm -hmm. your timeline and production schedule. Uh, Those are kind of in the operational side of it. But those three things have to work in tandem or else you're going to have a bad event. Because if you've got a Mercedes crowd and you're trying to sell Toyota items, boom, Mm -hmm. you fall down in that third, that first category of items, it's not going to fly. And if you have bad registration and checkout and you don't collect everybody's money, Boom! It fell down. It's not going to work. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of how that structure goes in. So when you're talking about the letter, um, well, you're going to be writing letters to attract money through sponsorship. You'll be mm-hmm. writing letters to attract donated items as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll yes. be writing I- letters to ask for perhaps advertising or grandparents to donate to schools. So there's lots of mm-hmm. letters and so forth or emails communication that's going to go out. So the way that you're approaching um, someone for a grandparent is going to be slightly different than the way that you're approaching a business to ask them for a $5,000 sponsorship. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, I can already tell that your letter writing and your uh, to get items and sponsorships is so much deeper than, than the ordinary person would think. About
2: And that's and and to to be fair, that's why I say, you know, auctioneers tend to specialize because if I'm an estate auctioneer and I need to you know, I've got an estate that I'm working on and it's got all this fabulous glass and nineteen twenties antiques and I've got to do some research on this to understand who my market is and where I'm gonna sell these nineteen twenties antiques. Well, I only have so many hours in the day. So, do I have right. time to also figure out how to write a really good sponsorship letter and right. who I should talk to to raise money for this nonprofit? That's another client of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, there, our, our our time is is limited. So that's why I say, if you're if you're trying to find someone to really help you take your event to the next level, find someone who knows your business inside and out. You aren't going to go to the to the pediatrician when you've got a heart problem. You're going to go to the cardiac surgeon. So, mm-hmm. from that standpoint, go to the right the right um the right auctioneer to make sure that you're going to make a lot more money not just at the event but before the event
1: okay so i'm an organization and i need to step up my act because funds are getting more difficult to find and um we've just not been that successful so do they call you do they buy your book what's the step that someone would do in knowing how to improve their auction mhm
2: well the the one th- area that I I started to work on back in 2009 was Mm -hmm. to really ramp up my business so that regardless of where someone is coming in, I can meet them with something that will work for their budget and the step that they're ready to take. So Mm -hmm. certainly at the high end, if you will. Uh, that The high-end is the on-site services because if someone is working with me and I'm going to be their auctioneer, they are getting up to 10 hours of consulting with that. They're getting a lot of tools. They're getting access to a lot of webinars for free. All of mm. that is kind of the complete yeah. package. But on the right. other hand, let's say that you're just getting started. You've got a $5,000 auction. You're, mm-hmm. you, you, you ran it last year for the first time. Well, in those cases, someone's probably going to start out by by – Number one, utilizing my free resources, which I have under my free tab on my website, which you saw. Yeah. But yeah. beyond that, they might spend $100 on a, on a DVD that's going to get them help on silent auctions. Or they might spend $100 on a DVD for sponsorships to understand how to pull that piece together. Or they yeah. might spend uh, $77 on a volunteer management DVD. So there's, there's, if, there, if that's where they are... The mm-hmm. place where they're going to start is, is probably at that lower end, and then as they build their event or as they see success from that, mm-hmm. like I'm going to San Diego, for instance, this summer, it's a cat rescue organization. They mm-hmm. started by buying a couple of my DVDs, and they had such tremendous success with it, they're like, to heck with it. We're going to jump in. We're not dipping our toe <laughs> in the water anymore. We're going to go full strength. And so they have just signed on to be, have me be uh, their uh, on-site auctioneer, and we're getting started uh, with all of that consulting.
1: Yeah, so um, we we're just a few minutes before the break. But uh, so, is there in your company? Are you the one person, or do you have a group of of uh, employees that help you with this huge responsibility? Right.
2: Right. Um, it, the, the, way that my business is structured, I'm certain, I'm the, the four, the, the leader of the pack, I guess you might say. I've got yeah, three yeah. other auctioneers who work with that's me good. as well. So, um, oftentimes there will be, a, uh, well, the first Saturday of, of February, for instance, everybody was out working at an auction that night because that's a very yeah. popular night for auctions. Um, yeah. so it depends a bit. There's some groups oh. that I'll talk to okay. and, I'll, and I'll have one of the guys do it.
5: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I just, this is huge. And I'm sort of trying to put my arms around it. Just your company has grown so, and it's so uh, well respected for the benefits that you give people with their auctions. We will be back shortly to talk more with Sherry
0: transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
5: Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com.
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: Well, I'm ready to go out and do an auction as long as Sherry can come help me with it because I want it to be the best. (laughs) So Sherry Truller is an auctioneer of uh, benefit auctioneer, and she's been fascinating to visit with today. But visiting your website, Sherry, it's just full of resources that uh, a beginner could use, a, a woman that's maybe had some experience or man that's had some experience, but is just needing a little more growth in their um uh event to make their event successful. So when somebody goes and I really recommend they go to your website, what is that website for them to visit?
2: It's Red Apple Auctions, Red Apple Auctions and Auctions is Plural dot com. <clears throat> and if they do a web search on share on my name, it will certainly come up as well. There and is one area I'd like to direct people to, Joyce, uh-huh. on that site. Okay. If if they're just getting started with understanding what's available, I'd go to that free resources tab that's on there. And underneath it is, oh gosh, probably 10 different things that are free that can help you in different parts of your auction. And the most popular one is the first one, which is called the item guide. And the reason that people like that, and every year I'll have repeats come down and they pull down that guide. Is because mm-hmm. that's where in December I go through all of the auctions that I conducted from January through December of that year. And I take the 100 top performing items that sold for over their value and I put that into the guide so that people can look at that to model concepts that will work in their own community. And people like it because there's always some wild crazy ideas in mm-hmm. there and then there's mm-hmm. others that are good standbys but it mm-hmm. helps to take that to a committee meeting and say why don't we go through this together and see what resonates and then we'll talk about what some you know what we all like and mm-hmm. how we might be able to put that together in our own event
1: oh yeah this I did print this off because I think it's uh just you know it just brought up some of my old <laughs> some of my curiosity and fascination with this part of nonprofit world, but for me, but of course you do for, for profit as well. But um, yeah, there were, there are some really interesting things in here that, um, you know, people wouldn't think of. It's kind of off the wall or, or we get so stuck in doing the ordinary things that we've done before. So, I usually, in my, I remember there's, people usually like to buy, I think, items that are unique that have a personal touch, like a dinner in somebody's house, or there's a cute one that was here in somebody's a tailgate party to feed twenty, delivered to your home for a college or pro football. I mean, that's the personal touch with the new twist to me. And I think yes. isn't that clever? And uh, how easy would that be able to, would that be to do in Tyler, Texas? Somebody prepare that for a local football game. It's so simple, and so good.
2: There yeah. was a, a one example after I did the event on Saturday night in Tulsa. The next morning, the head of school took me on a tour of their campus, mm-hmm. and he was sitting down. We were having lunch after that tour. And we were talking about the auction results. And one of the items that we had sold the previous night was head of school, which is a very common item in school auctions, is that you get to be principal for the day, you get to be headmaster for the day. Yeah. And I said, you know, I said, I think it's time to shake that up a little bit. And so I offered him a suggestion, uh, which was to offer a drive-in party, like a mock drive-in party for a class. So if I win the item in the auction, if I buy it, my mm-hmm. child's class gets to go to his house or school or wherever they set this up. But mm-hmm. what I've seen done is they'll rent a um, – they'll either put it, a movie up onto the garage or they'll mm-hmm. rent one of those inflatable screens that you can watch movies large outside. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then he had a barbecue for the kids, and so it was like a drive-in uh, movie experience with the headmaster. Uh, Way more interesting uh, than just headmaster for a day.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, Yeah. Right. And a great, you know, I look at it, though, as also a wonderful way to build rapport with the students and the leader of the school. What a great thing. They mm-hmm. get to see them as actually people, you know, yeah. other than authority figure. So, yeah. 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 What a wonderful suggestion. Yeah. Really yeah. good. <clears throat> but and you have- even to that. Oh, go ahead. You have items on your website. First, just like, should you put that trip in the silent auction or live auction? These are typical questions that uh, you you've blogged about. You've given suggestions about. These are really helpful tools.
2: Free <laughs> the the blog is well read, absolutely, and it's it's got over 400, 500 perhaps now articles that are on the blog that if you sat there and read through it, you would become much more in tune with what makes a successful fundraising auction. Okay. And the other pieces that sometimes bother peep others are, are issues related to checkout. I do have oh. a free training coming up on that as well. And, and, again, that's under the free resources tab on my website. But it's about banishing auction checkout problems. It's an oh. introduction. To, to check out and how to improve mm-hmm. that. But even people who are well acquainted with the traditional process, one of the areas that I'm going to go into on that training is to talk a little bit about mobile bidding, which is, um, about 20% of my clients are using mobile bidding now. And yes. so we'll talk about some best practices around that. So it's, it's a matter of everybody comes to an auction With a good heart. They want to do something right for their nonprofit. Uh, Mm -hmm. but from the standpoint of where, what their background is, they may, they may help more on the checkout. They may help more with procurement. They might be doing setup. Uh, I assure, you know, there's a, the, the blog, if they go to the blog section, they can do a drop down menu on the right-hand side, and they can go to the area that speaks to them. So if they want to learn more about the live auction, the category that they should select would be live auction. If they want to learn more about how they can raise money in sponsorships, they'd just go down to that or raffle oh, or whatever wonderful. that might be.
1: Yeah, wonderful resource. You even have how to set up an auction. That's mm-hmm. pretty important. And I, I've seen auctions, oh, my goodness, They've just messed it up. They put way too much on the tables. You can't see what's there. I mean, presentation is pretty important.
2: That is perhaps the number one issue I have with groups is they they get way too many items for their crowd. Yeah. And speaking of psychology, Joyce, this is a huge issue, is that when you start to put too much on your tables and you start to – Mess around with a mathematical formula uh, that you should follow for auctions. When you put so much on your tables, the mindset that you give your guests is that of a garage sale. People walk mm-hmm. in, they see mm-hmm. it looks like a yard sale, and mm-hmm. immediately they're not going to pay as much for those items. And I encourage and emphasize that we want our auction to look like a boutique. We want it to feel like Tiffany's or mm-hmm. uh, or a, a high-end clothing right. store where you go in mm-hmm. and items are showcased properly. It looks nice. And immediately now, because remember, women are our shoppers in the silent auction immediately our mindset becomes that of um one of of um of value so we Mm -hmm. pay more for things it's it's a huge problem with events i'm glad you brought that up because boy i harp on that with my clients Mm -hmm.
1: yes and we've all been to them where there's not a space on the table you can't find the sheet to sign up for the event it's just a, a, a mess a mess. But I do, I want to share this story with you, (laughs) Sherry. Last Mm -hmm. year at the Symphony Ball, they had the auction item of a conductor for the opening season to conduct the Star Spangled Banner. Well, that has been on our auction for several years. And yours truly, me, signed up for this auction item. Now, I looked at that and I, I, it was just a voice inside of me that said, I want to do this. But I, I was the only one that signed up for it because in this particular item, you have a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, uh, risk for the person that signs up. They may feel very, uh, They're not quite sure they want to get up and be that visible. They're not sure Mm -hmm. they can conduct. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's so many things that would stop somebody for signing up for them, primarily their own personal risk. Um, And so it was such so amazing to me that in my time it was right for me to sign up Mm -hmm. for this auction item. But I looked at that and I thought, If I'm the only one that's signing up for this, I have so many people that are missing a great opportunity. And I know if your organization had been here, others would have signed up because of the sell you would have done prior to and working the group. So it's very worth an organization's time to consider using a professional for setting up auctions. That's all I had to say on that because we're coming to a, the end of our show and I could keep talking to you for another hour. <laughs> so, It'd be fun. I know. But it was a pleasure, as, as in the past, getting to speak about something that I, I have a, a, a soft heart for. And I know this work is so – it's not just a job – because you're really doing something great for people. So I thank you very much for being a guest on my show today. Um, Thank you, Joyce. Yeah. And I wish you the best in years as we continue to raise uh, money for great organizations that are trying to improve our environment and improve our world. So I am here, here for what you do because I, I love what you do. Um, We are going to get, be closing off now, but it is such a pleasure to be able to spend time with you. And I look forward to seeing you here next week as we visit with another guest who has caught her second wind and has gone on to have many successes. Thank you again, Sherry It was great visiting with you.
2: Such a pleasure. Thank you,
1: Joyce. Yeah. So have a great week. Clear the fog away from your day and enjoy each and every
0: day. Thank you. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at...